0: Right then, so it's episode six of Trident Talks. Um I'm starting kind of opening the show today just because I don't want Chris talking about Boris. um so <laughs> I would like to welcome Chris is here again, obviously, but I'd like to welcome Luke, who's one of our coaches. Hi, Luke. Hello. Speak up, Luke. Come on. <laughs> Hello, Joe.
1: <laughs> very formal. very. so am I not allowed to talk about Boris? No, at all. No. Not even a little bit? No, <laughs> right. not even a little bit. Right. So what are we going to talk about? Because that seems to be all that's talked about in the gym today.
0: Uh, well, to be fair, we brought Luke in because uh, obviously as coaches, we, um, in between clients, we we kind of chat. And it's surprising how many gym members have the same sort of questions, same sort of queries. Um, so today we're kind of talking training. And I guess it's kind of like specificity. Um Chris made me say that cause he cat but um Excited <laughs> to but, feel picked on <laughs> but um so yeah so we're just um kind of touching on that and um, and hopefully going to dispel a few training myths along the way um so yeah what just kind of reiterate what we said before what what do you see a lot regarding training, Luke, well, what's the thing? Well, can I throw something
1: in? There? Cause for, no. for, when we, I'm going to anyway, I shouldn't have asked that as a question. <laughs> but the reason I said it is that there's two professionals in the room and then there's me. Um, and not, It's interesting because obviously the more time you spend with your lot, you pick up on stuff. And when Liam's in, and even talking to Steph out there, there's a lot of people that know what they do. And it's weird because I'm somewhere in between because I see stuff then that's happening on the gym floor that might be... Do you handled. see
0: this stuff when you stood on your soapbox or...?
1: Uh, normally just nah, after I've right. got my soapbox when I'm on my soapbox <laughs> Boris uh, to be honest with you I don't see anything else at the time uh, but what we're saying was you, you see stuff that I see it as technique that for years and I've used one with you with lat pull down I mentioned before and then you see lots of stuff and for me I feel like I can't necessarily say stuff because I'm not fully qualified or not qualified enough to basically say you're doing that wrong mate but obviously you guys are and I think that's where this conversation started before didn't it Um
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah, I think, I think it comes when you more you work with your clients and obviously you see people around gym training and stuff like that, but it's how they're going through machines or whatever exercise they're doing and they've seen somebody doing a certain exercise, they go up to it not really knowing what they're doing that exercise for or how to perform it properly. And it's execution, mo- executing the movements properly. It's not wasting your time when you're coming into train and just doing an exercise because you've seen it or... If you're unsure of how to perform a certain movement, is asking someone who works at the gym, asking a coach, because we're here all day. Like it's, it's not like we're going to charge you. Oh, you're asking me how to perform this exercise. That's you need a PT session. We're happy to give information and um, ideas on how to train, how to perform a movement properly without feeling like. But do you think that you've if, got to be embarrassed? Like, as an example, I use that like, pull down one
1: because I know there's a reason for it. But that was one that for probably 15 years I'd done a lap pull down and putting it behind my head and it always felt wrong but that's what I'd been told by somebody at some point in my life so I took it as gospel and until somebody Joe said you know not to do it like that and actually pull it down here in front of you and I went oh that feels good
0: So as a, podcast, is, as a podcast so there's no visual what, <laughs> yeah. so you can see what Chris did then
1: <laughs> <laughs> should do it on YouTube,
0: um
1: yeah and to be fair, but sorry, what we're just finishing yeah. off on that is, it, I thought I knew that exercise, so I wouldn't have ever asked for help, be, because it made up doing it. It's just like yeah. no, it's an awkward movement. If I turned up and couldn't do it, I would have been confident enough to ask someone and say, "Can you help me with this?" But I thought I knew it, and I wonder how many people come to the gym that you know, because the, there is that element of I'm not sure, so I'll I'll just. Do, do it, it but then if people think they know it because somebody else has told them that's told them and it almost becomes a little bit like Chinese whispers and I can't help but think some of the uh, exercises have become diluted or slightly different over a period of time
0: And I, I mean yeah you're right to a certain extent but what we've got to understand is people have got to start somewhere um, and the thing is like if you look at a lot of the very very old training manuals way before our time like there's a lot of fear so you, you ask somebody that's never squatted to squat, or you ask somebody to, that's never picked something up off the floor to pick something up off the floor. And we've got this weird sort of realisation that we have to keep a perfectly vertical spine. And then if you look at the very old like training guides where it'll show a bicep curl and the person will be stood bolt upright with perfectly dead straight arms... Pulling, doing a bicep curl. Whereas what we know through time and over time, things evolve, we learn better ways of doing stuff. So when that pull down were first done, it was a matter of sitting up as bolt upright as you can and pull the bar down. So if you didn't take it behind your head, it hit you on the top of the head. So it, it's kind of like there is kind of a method to the madness. What we're trying to kind of touch on now is the fact that, I mean, Luke's young, I'm not. But it's like what does that me? <laughs> but, but things just things change and things evolve, you know, and it's like what's frustrating for coaches is I think you might have touched on something there, Luke. Like sometimes people like think that if they do ask a question they're gonna get charged, or yeah. if they ask a personal trainer that we're gonna we're gonna charge. And the thing is, to answer a question, if we can safely answer a question in a minute, two minutes, five minutes Obviously, that's, that's part and parcel of why we do this job. Yeah, we want to teach. If we're going to need to completely overhaul your training, look at every element of your programming, look at all that, obviously then there has to be a discussion on like, where you know yeah. what's that time worth and the value of that to that client. But I think what we're going to try and do with this podcast mainly is just kind of hopefully give people the confidence that it's not that you're doing it wrong. It's just that there might be a better way of doing it now. It's the same. I use the analogy all the time. I use the. I don't know why I use the medical treatments as an analogy, but I like to use like medicine as an analogy because that's continually improving and changing. And that same person. Through COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um. Even like, to a point where that person could think they're doing that exercise really, really well. How they were taught it in the fifties. Like you were, Chris.
2: Um
0: but, <laughs> but um, it's just that the, the movement evolves, so it's not that you're doing it wrong, it's just it's a better way of doing it. And we can only learn these things over time. So the analogy I use is the fact that you wouldn't walk into a hospital and say, Oh, I've got this wrong with me, treat me like you would in the fifties and sixties, because that worked for when somebody that, that's worked for somebody in the fifties and sixties. You wouldn't do that. It's like right. What's the most up to date? So to take that example, like the lat pull down. If you're taking it behind your head, some people can get away with it. Don't get me wrong. You know, if you've got kind of like a wide clavicle, if you're quite broad, you can tend to maybe get away with it. But it just doesn't isolate the lats well. Whereas if you kind of if you put your feet a little bit further in front, lean a, lean a little bit further back, and actually row the bar down to towards your collarbone, towards your upper chest, you can actually. Um, involve the lats better, the movement's just better quality, and a better quality movement means you can do it with less weight, which means there'll be less strain on connective tissue, um, and you'll get more bang for your butt. Yeah, and um, just to touch on that,
2: like Joe says, especially when you're doing any sort of in general machine movement, you generally Say if you are doing the lap pull down, you're going behind your neck, also when you're going to the top of your chest, you're gonna automatically feel the difference in the movement and straight away you're gonna feel that you're doing the movement properly, you're gonna be engaging your muscles. And I think that for any sort of just touch on machine movement, so a pet deck fly for instance for your chest. If you are flying yeah. and you cannot feel any connection with your chest, you are straight away you're doing it wrong. You know, you you're gonna feel the muscle engaging, especially on machines, so just to touch on that, for anyone who is focusing and performing movements on machines, if you were doing a row for your back, a pull down, a chest fly, a shoulder press, if you are not feeling those particular muscles engaging when you're doing the movements, I'd straight away ask them to check you for. Just straight away, just make sure you are performing the movement and executing it properly because I don't like the term feel for everything. Certain movements, you're not there to feel it, but on machines, isolation movements, if you cannot feel the muscles engaging you are doing it wrong straight away yeah. so just feel free to ask for any advice uh, check on your form anything like that it doesn't take long and don't feel silly asking i think that's the thing and, it, and this is because it's easy for me i'm not trained like
1: you guys but there is a fear factor with people asking for help and yeah if there's anyone who does listen to this come and ask for help there was a lady in yesterday you know that's hopefully going to start training with us and she came in yesterday and it was weird but she was talking generally and she was coming in to train. She didn't end up training yesterday and she'll train for the first time tomorrow. But the reason she didn't train was she said, oh, yeah, I'll go on that. Because she was looking at machines or equipment she that did. nobody was on. Yeah. So she didn't come in, and that's why there'll be a programme and everything else put together for her. But she came in to look at, I'll go on whatever equipment is not in use. And I, and I said to her, that's not necessarily what you want to do every time you come in, which is why the programme is so important. Otherwise, she'll just wander around for a couple of weeks
2: doing stuff, maybe not getting results. Yeah. And I'm not saying... And then get bored. And, and should probably be one of them that stops and, training. And again, there, for people who are doing that, that's where programming does make a difference. It's exercise selection in what order you're performing movements. If you're just going to come in, oh that, then their movements are free. You could you could end up going and doing um, a dumbbell shoulder press. Then oh that machine, so it might be a machine shoulder press. Yeah, you you're working similar movements, and that's where programming exercise selection doesn't make a big difference to people's how they're going to see the results and what they're doing.
1: So we said something before and I called it bro code and I meant bro split, bro split. right? So the brocode, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it is, it's maybe for another podcast. But on bro split, where's it come from and, and why do people use it and, and going what you said, stuff improves. So the bro split's been talked about forever. Has that improved in any way? It's a deep breath. I haven't
0: even mentioned Boris. I, I, I'll be honest, <laughs> I, I I love a but I massively mean, when I first started. It's this is where this is where it comes in. Like we like we all kinda started like everyone starts their gym journey for proper cliche. Um, you know, from a different standpoint. Now, I'll be honest, um like most young, skinny, bullied kids, I just wanted to get bigger. Um, and the thing is when you want to get bigger you're either going to do what a lot of people do where they're going to walk into a gym and just follow the biggest guy around the gym not speak to him, not do anything but just follow them around the gym and hope they get it right or you're going to be a guy like a kid like I was that basically I kind of tried to I picked up every magazine I could thinking I were doing uh, Lee Priest's um workout or thinking I were doing <laughs> Ronnie Coleman's back workout and you're not, you know, they're just most bodybuilding magazines back in the heyday of bodybuilding in the 90s, the wonderful 90s um, they were just basically supplement catalogs um, that just featured pictures of sponsored athletes um, and then it was just some random guy putting a 25 set workout together um, right. that's just kind of that we all kind of latched onto. and these, and to be fair, a, a lot of people start there and it, it's sad. But I, I don't want to knock it because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of pro bodybuilders that started started with that. You know, like Luke's competed in natural bodybuilding competition. It's where you know Liam, who's one of one of our competitive bodybuilders here, Steph. They all probably did that same thing where it's just you either meet someone or you pick up one of those magazines. Now, but where you start, because that's no different than a kid. W- w- rugby was started by William Webb picking up a football. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it don't really matter where it starts no. does it, if that evolves over. Yeah, and it and it does evolve, but then obviously then it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it is it comes down to enjoyment, yeah. and if you can't, like I can sit here and I can preach about evidence based and I can look at all Brad Schoenfeld's um, research into, you know, like which muscles that which. which exercise engage the most muscle fibers and all this kind of stuff and i can look at all the different fast twitch slow twitch and i can do all that and i can say to someone right this is a perfect program for what you want but if that person doesn't enjoy that if i reprogram the whole luke sessions and he didn't enjoy that in fact we had a chat about it yeah not long ago. when we when we first took over didn't we and it's like you know like you can follow the science but if it <laughs> Again, using Luke's word, feel if it doesn't feel right for you and you don't get any enjoyment out of training in that fashion, you're not going to be consistent at it, and that's what's king. You know, like repetition is the mother of all skill, and that's the thing that people don't give the programming chance a lot of the time. So, like, we could put programming together and you might not feel it, but you might not give it a chance. But if you're if you for one second lose enjoyment for training, we have to change that programming, in my opinion. We have to, and if that means going into something that may be less optimal on a science scale or an evidence-based scale, we might just throw that in, but it's getting the right sort of balance. But don't you
1: think then, the the gentleman that we spoke to, I think we might have all been there this morning (laughs) talking, and we asked the gentleman why we weren't doing some group training, and you know, I won't go into too much detail, but it's that guy. Professional as ever. If Why is it? If Julie when you listen to this don't <laughs> ring us at one <laughs> o'clock on a Tuesday <laughs> um, yeah so I will ring Julie Barker-Smith back later on and we will discuss yeah. yoga um, you asked a question how come you're not doing some of them and don't remember he's, he's looking at something else but his words were oh, I enjoyed them but I want to get bigger and, and it, that sat and I thought, hang on, if you enjoy something, why not do it? Because you could still come at gym twice a week, you can do whatever you want to do, or three times a week, whatever. But if you enjoy doing, I'm going to say that kettlebell class or one of your circuits or whatever, don't stop it. Just yeah. because in his head, he, he wants to get bigger. And I, I sort of didn't really know what to say with him then because I wanted to say, well, you could do both together. Because, you know,
0: training's training, isn't it? And again, there's, there's the only thing there is the time element. So this is that time, like if if he could find three days to do more of a hypertrophy set, uh, a what hypertrophy programming, so muscle building programming. Right. If he if he if he had three sessions a week where he could put the work into that, and then maybe he had a couple of mornings where he came in and just did the classes, or the group training. That's gonna be, for me, that would be kind of a happy medium. If, however, he's only got two or three days, I can kind of understand right. why he's done that. It was when he said I enjoyed them. Yeah, but and that's the thing that that's the thing that niggles. It's about that enjoyment. But yeah. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, just to go back on brosplits,
2: I there might be people that don't know what actually a brosplits. We didn't say. It's Good shout. Basically, where you train a body part a day. So Monday chest, Tuesday back, shoulders, legs, arms, split out. Um, and basically, what you get nowadays where you train multiple groups together, so you may do chest, shoulders, tries, back and bys, legs that's generally a push, pull, lower style split. So, and to be honest, it's like Joe says, it's all about enjoyment. What do you get the most out of your sessions? Because I know many bodybuilders, natural bodybuilders now that are competitive and very good, that are still run a bro split. Generally, they may do chest and arms together though, so you might type like a hey, few. You and that's still technically a bro split. It's still
0: technically a broad split. It's a good a split.
2: way. What, how many days would you say a bro split Well, you've got five muscle groups. So you've got your chest, shoulders, back, right. arms and legs. So that's a bro split. You do a one body part per day. So you
0: day. might do might one or two. So sometimes, I know when I were, when I first started, it'd always be you'd get your proponents of like a synergistic. So you'd yeah. like, you'd maybe do like... you just said two words that I've never used it <laughs> in my life. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so, um... Yeah, you'd use two two muscle groups that kind of work together, all right? So you'd do, maybe do, like, chest and shoulders or chest and tries. Yeah. And then you'd do another one, like, back and byes. Or you'd get your antagonistic groups, so you might get some people, like... And I think um, Mike Mensah used to do this a little bit with Yates, but I'm not 100% sure. I've, I've not studied it for a long time. Where you'd maybe do, like, a chest and a back. Yeah,
2: I know Arnold used to do that. You know, that
0: and, and that's and that's kind of thing, and, and it's... Whereas I mentioned kind of like in passing, like Brad Schoenfeld does a lot of research in this and um, Chris Braley and and people like that and um, they have found that if you did total body workouts, the muscle protein synthesis and the kind of stimulation to build muscle is better than if you did a bro split and you only train one muscle group once a week. Because it all it all comes down to volume load and kind of like your maximum recoverable volume load. So if you're doing 20 sets a week on chest, but you do that in one session, those last well, half of that workout isn't the second half of that workout, the second 10 sets aren't going to be at the same intensity as the first no, yeah. 10 sets. And I think everybody will agree with that. So the, the kind of ethos now is when you're doing that programming if you did if you took those 20 sets and you split those 20 sets over three different training days you'd still get the same amount of sets in over the week but you'd actually be training at higher intensity on those sets where you were hitting chest Um, and this is a principle i've used with people before but again if that person doesn't necessarily enjoy that format of training I've always switched it back round to what they do enjoy doing, and that's the thing. If you've got so, for example, if you've got a lagging body part, so I noticed that a second ago, Luke mentioned a leg day. Now I don't know what one of them is, <laughs> um, but if if for example um, I did decide to start looking at a leg day, for me, just doing one session a week on legs wouldn't be beneficial at all because I'd be just in bits. Whereas me adding three or four sets of leg work. Every time I go into the gym, it that's going to pay dividends for me, because I don't like training legs. I don't enjoy it, um, and I don't get any sort of like buzz out of it. But in order for me to get the sets in and the volume in over my training week, that'd be the best way for me to do it. Just maybe throw three or four sets in. Now I know you train legs a bit different. How do you train legs, Lou? What's your?
2: I'm actually, I've back and forth with things because for me it's. It all depends on how well you can recover. Like my legs, up until about four years ago, I would very hit and miss with them, and then I started getting a bit more into my bodybuilding, wanting to compete a little bit, and I realised they had to sort of catch up to my upper body. So I'm currently actually splitting it now where I will do two leg days a week. Similar to what Joe says, though, instead of trying to get 20 sets in in one workout where you're absolutely done in after 10 or 12 sets, In my opinion. I can get 10 or 12 good working sets in, I've figured out. And I've split mine now where I'll do more of a a quad-dominant session and one where I'll do more of a hamstring-dominant session. So, for instance, I'll do my squats and my leg-pressing in one workout, and in the other one, there'll be very little squatting. I I think I might put a deadlift variation in and I'll do a split squat because that is, for me, it's my knee joints that struggle to recover. And then there'll be isolation work, adductors, hamstring curls. So I split mine now, and there's roughly 10 to 12 working sets in both things, which I've figured for my training experience I can get away with now um, but I haven't passed gone back to just one all out session where I might only get 15 sets in in a session that's it once a week let them recover go again um, and the reason I prefer the 10 or 15 sets is versus Joe's 3, 4 sets is because I feel like I've got to to some extent it's not the best word to use but really destroy myself I want to I want to hammer myself to yeah. train I, I don't Get the same feeling of doing um, a little and often style session. Yeah, and you want to feel that. Like, and that is me, person, my personal preference. But you've
1: said there that you've tweaked it because you've got the knowledge to tweak it. Yeah. So yeah. within four weeks' time or whatever it is, you decide to tweak it, yeah. you've got the knowledge again to be able to go. Yeah, and, and this has took me. Change.
2: I'll be honest. This, is, this has been. I've consistently trained legs now four or five years, but I've picked up little needles here and there, niggles, even and there and. I finally think I've got it where I know where my maximum recovery volumes are with certain exercise selections. Yeah.
0: And just to recap that bit, and I don't want anyone to take this kind of the wrong way, but just listen to that bit again where Luke said it's taken him over four years. Yeah. It's taken him over four years to get a rough idea of what, you know, so that's that's a. Four year training age, like minimum four year training age. So, if you're if you're just starting out in terms of joining a gym, um, you've got to. This is what I mean about repetition. Repetition is the mother of all skill. You've got to. The more that and it, the more reps you put in, the more that you're gonna get. You're gonna get those kind of insights into what your body's responding yeah. to, what your body's not responding to, the different training stimulus. It's the same with nutrition as well. You know, you you're gonna you're gonna kind of respond better. But just imagine how many years that would have taken Luke if he didn't have people he could ask, or he didn't have um, like comprehensive like knowledge across the board, where he wasn't just looking at a magazine here or um, you know some. Facebook post here, you know, actually looking at decent resources, actually looking at um, educated people within that sort of industry to kind of get those little nuggets of sort of like, oh, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this. And that's the thing that people don't do. It's like, you know, just to give another analogy, you don't, you don't rock up at um, ...your local garage for your car MOT... ...open their toolbox and start tinkering around yourself... ...you just don't do it... ...you wouldn't do that to your car... ...if it saved me a few quid I'd give it a go like this. ...mate I've seen your DIY stuff... ...but you wouldn't do that... ...you know you wouldn't do that with your car... ...so you've, you might have invested a few grand in your car... ...but your body that's got to last you all your life... ...you just rock up to a gym... ...you want to just pay your money at desk... ...you don't want to commit to anything... You don't want to commit. Oh no, if, the, if we bring an agreement out, you, you shit yourself and run. But like, you don't want to necessarily commit, you just want to go into the gym and play on machines. And that's the issue. Like, If you actually sort of rock up to a gym, put your hand up and say, do you know what, I'm committing to this, I'm committing to my result, and I'm, and I'm committing to learning as much as I can about to get this result, you're going to feel so empowered walking into a gym, not necessarily looking for that piece of kit that's empty. But even to a point where you can, what's the best thing I see in a client is when they walk into a gym and they see the bit of kit they should be starting on is busy, but they know what they can do instead. When they've got that level Improvise. of, when they've got that level of knowledge, where they can see they can see that leg press that's that somebody's on, and they can think, oh, I can't do I can't do my leg press. I always start on leg press, but then they, they see a, they see a kettlebell in the corner, and they're like, oh, I'll do some goblet squats with that kettlebell until until my leg press is free. You know, they're the, that's the that's when we know we've done a good job coaching.
1: I mean, obviously I, I refer to stories because I see a lot of stuff here that it's probably the norm for you a lot, but it's not for me because it, it's still quite new, if you know what I mean. But I can't help but think but I think there's some really good girls and ladies that train in here, to be honest with you, that train on their own. Uh, if you think there's probably a good core of at least a dozen the ladies that you see coming and they're using exactly the same equipment bench squat racks whatever as the guys so there's some good guys but do you think the fact that some of this training let's call it just weightlifting or bodybuilding whatever like it's called being you know bro splits what it's been known for quite some time do you think that's what's put certain women off about coming in just to do because if you think about the inquiries we get we get a lot of ladies i'd like to do some classes but actually they might want to do classes if they enjoy it that's great but you know we try to encourage them not to be afraid of the gym floor as well don't we but do you think over years it's because there is a fear factor that it is a bro split? It's a male-dominated environment because sometimes there's as many girls out there as there are men. Yeah. on else? Stuff.
0: So do you think that it scares them off a little bit? Um, I think there's a complete misconception that the gym's only here for weight loss. I think I think that people I mean weightlifting. Sorry. No, I know, but I think I don't think people have much. I don't think I don't think people have much. Um, edgy have enough kind of education and knowledge on it i think they're just they just a lot of people just put it in a bracket of um oh gym's there to lose weight and tone up or, i just want to join a gym to lose weight and tone up yeah and because it's such a fluffy kind of word like tone up you know and it's like you know you can put you know people and because when things are marketed you know like you can buy a cross trainer for your house and there'll be little labels on it telling you what muscle groups it works, and people assume because it's got these little labels on it that it's going to help build those muscles, and 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 those muscles are going to become more toned from using that bit of kit. And it and again, it just boils down to that kind of education, like you know, I have my values. You, you know you you've heard them like. Up yeah, they're getting waivers, making money at times. <laughs> 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 oh, he's still upset. About, still upset about them fat burners. Fat burners. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, and and I think like one of my one of my core values is sort of like is health first, but strength second. You know, and I think I think when people have an understanding on that, how important it is to get strong, and also the caveat to that, how difficult it is to build muscle. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of people out there that think that as soon as they touch a barbell or a or, or a bigger dumbbell than a, that isn't pink Yeah. you know like the thing that they're going to just have these like massive hulking muscles <laughs> and I can guarantee I've been trying I was trying for too long to get big and it just doesn't happen overnight you know and it's, it's that it's that thing I mean I've touched on Luke's training age like even at Luke's training age now like how oh, do you been, know Luke 35, 36 uh, six, training, oh, right. training age training age so his training age of been about, what, properly about six years-ish? Yeah. Four or six years. So year on year, Luke's ability to pack on muscle gets less and less and less and less and less. And that's not because he's not trying. That's just because his body's kind of... It struggles to adapt beyond a certain genetic sort of limitation. Yeah, we don't just carry on getting stronger. And exactly. Stronger and stronger. So, you, so you know, and it's like that, you know, we call it new begins. And that's, the, that's why I like to focus a lot on that first 12 weeks because when if you can get somebody in and you can get somebody excited about training with weights and extra, excited to get stronger, the results they see in that first uh, 12, 15 weeks is phenomenal. Yeah. And that and that's across the board men women children athletes you know anyone and, and it's that's the thing it's like I don't necessarily think that the do not kind of I just don't think that they, they realize that the gym's somewhere where you should enjoy training and enjoy getting stronger but you've, and you've, this you've, association to weight loss needs to kind of
1: I won't say any names but you two have both got female clients who I'd say look good look strong. And do weights and stuff with you in gym. Yeah. You know what I mean. You think um, about it, you guys are often doing stuff with them. That's, yeah. you, but it's, you have both it, got them. And but I think that and those ladies, they don't look manly. You know, going back to what you said about they look good, look healthy, and you know that
2: they're strong. Do you know, what, it's funny as well because like I had um, a female client uh, got it but about a year or so ago now, and she'd come from like um, doing class background. And she had one of those watches. I mean, I don't have one, but it tells you your calories.
0: They're amazing.
2: Yep. <laughs> don't yeah. justify just buying new apple once you're talking about Yeah, I'm getting it. It's on my list. But basically, I put her through um, an upper body session, and I generally do like a full upper body session for women or males that have got a bit of lifting experience. I feel like twice a week, I'll do an upper body day and a lower body, leg day. And kind of if we're doing an upper or lower day, and she looked at her watch, and she'd burnt like, six, seven hundred calories and she said, I've been doing classes for last year and only burnt four to five hundred mm-hmm. and I think it's a misconception that Yeah unless you're out of breath and panting at end of session, you haven't you are, you aren't doing anything and it's just not the case at all. If you were in the gym and you were lifting weights and you were getting stronger lifting weights, I guarantee you would be burning more calories doing that than doing a thirty, forty minute class. But also it's it's different, you know, and that's why it's it's good for variety but
1: that lady yeah. that you saw yesterday uh, Liam were doing a class yesterday morning and there were six or seven ladies in there but there were all sorts of weights being thrown yeah. about you know what I mean yeah. and, and she was quite taken aback and she went I didn't expect that and I always joke that I think most people think group training or classes is a bit like an Eric Prince video yeah. <laughs> if it I'd be in every one of them <laughs> uh, but she was like alright oh, because all of a sudden she saw a couple of barbells she saw a landmine thing in corner so it was very weight and obviously Liam's going to do that sort yeah. of thing and I think what she saw was that you could do a little bit of both because yeah. it was quite high tempo with a lot of weight as well yeah, yeah. But, but in her head you know when she came in she was like oh yeah I don't do classes and I was really pleased that she came in at that time because I think that changed her perception on what class might be yeah. and look flip side of that we've got Gemma's bounce dance fit and Zumba and all of other things and it's just exercise and it's great but for her that what she doesn't want to do that she wants to do those classes and straight away she went i do two of them a week and then i come in and train on my own twice a week. That's fantastic You're gonna get the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah, and that's it in that four times. And, I mean, Luke touched on a the point there and it's, it's intensity. You know, like, to, to train with weights at a level of intensity, you know, like, that's going to tick a hell of a lot of boxes in terms of kind of your health markers. You know, like, I mean, we talk about enjoyment, but fundamentally we're here to be, to, like, Limit as mortality really you know we're fighting against mother nature and and to uh to kind of, COVID. and to touch, shut up about covid <laughs> i'd rather you drop a different c-bomb than that is that the new c-bomb <laughs> um, but yeah i mean touching on like you mentioned about clients there i mean uh julie who teaches our yoga um she's been working for me for six probably nearly seven years um, and she never wanted to lift weights, you know, I mean, she was a, she'd always been a runner, she'd, she, running was her sort of like um, meditation, you know, she could just, all her worries used to just go away when she was running and, and it was her time and she was absolutely mortified when, when she couldn't run, you know, just through, you know, little injuries and she had like a bit of a thoracic issue um, and it, it was, it wasn't necessarily like, it wasn't difficult working with her. But it was always hard because to keep those sessions fun and to keep her coming back, yeah. it was really difficult. And when you're looking at somebody that's kind of, when it's it's kind of a little bit rehab um, as well and you're looking at trying to take somebody away from pain, it's very, very difficult because a lot of the time, you know, like one one slight sort of like misaligned rep and she were in pain again for a couple of days and it were, it were really quite a... In that first kind of couple of years, like, you know, I've got so much respect for her for sticking to it because, you know, she did so well and you know, and I, I got in touch with a local physio that and we worked hand in hand, you know, to try and find the best methods to kind of do it. And then once we got through these obstacles, when, when Julie were deadlifting seventy five kilos off the floor for like three or four reps, like that look on her face, like for the for a woman that weighs what 50 kilos 52 kilos yeah. you know like it was just phenomenal you know like and it, it's like it, and when you get somebody to a point where well from a point where the, they don't like the idea of lifting weights or it doesn't motivate them in any way but then kind of you unlock a little bit of competitiveness yeah. same yeah. way that Liam did in that group training session by putting those bigger weights in and I know Luke uses a lot of barbell work and kettlebell work but as soon as you can get that message across that Lifting weights is only going to be a benefit to you when done at the right tempo, with the right form, with the correct coaching. Like, it's only ever going to benefit you. Well, here's a question for you,
1: and I'm going to swear. Oh, no. So, so do you think that some of women's, and I'm going to say women because we've sort of ended up down this route a little bit because I think it's ladies' perception. Do you think it's changed a little bit around training because CrossFit's made it quite cool to be?
0: So, Without a doubt, I mean CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit had a massive impact. CrossFit's on, the swear word, by the way. Um, <laughs> CrossFit's had a massively positive impact on things like the weightlifting community, Olympic lifting, powerlifting. It's got so many more people and women in general being a little bit more competitive, looking at different ways that they can adapt workouts and adapt intensity. Um, and I'll never knock it. I mean, again, like the only things that i have any queries about is that it's the linkage you know doing certain it's just that there's a lot of spinal flexion there's a lot of there's a lot of things you know like linking something that's a phenomenal exercise like a clean and press for example but then linking that with with a with the most horrendous exercise ever invented which is when which is kind of pointless like a burpee so why why have like two completely different ends of the scale like you know, and it, it's kind of like it's just one of them. You know, like, but there's always, you know, like, no, you're never gonna please everyone, and that's that's but where it, it doesn't please it isn't me. Positive, isn't it, but yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, the the popularity of CrossFit's helped. To be honest, it's probably helped every gym out there. Absolutely. Um, because it's it's opening doors to everybody to try different things and try new things, and you know, get people away from this. And again, I, I hate to keep saying it from this. Thing that the gym is your answer to weight loss. It's not the gym is the answer to um, being healthier on every single measure possible, um, and that might have weight body weight implications or body composition implications. But it's it's about the whole encompassing the whole health. You know, mental, physical. You know everything, relationships. Everything, everything can be is better when people train because they the feel they have a better self worth. They have a better They just. just everything is just. All better. those natural endorphins. Yeah, it's just everything is just great. So
1: Luke, what would you say is the biggest obstacle you have to overcome if you take
2: on a new client, male or female? Um. You know, what? I'm not sure there's an obstacle as such, because for me, I, I'll always chat to the client. Like, like we just at the beginning, you'll talk to them about, you know, what are your goals? Yep. Are you here? and And generally, I'll, what I'll try to do is I'll try to use them into sort of, right, this is how I'd go about it, and then see if they can agree with it. And there is always that little factor of, for instance, I have had the old female saying, oh, I don't, I don't want to get too big if I'm getting stronger yeah. and stuff. So I've heard that lot's <laughs> have yeah, been here. I, I had one a bit ago, to be honest, and the next time she went out, she had a skirt on, and, and one of a female friends all complimented her legs. They were looking a bit more muscular. They call it tone. They were, they were more muscular, basically. She'd got stronger gym. All of a sudden, she loved weights. So once you can get your clients, and it is mainly females, because most guys want to come in, they want to get stronger, they want to put some size on. Um, so it's going to be more with the females. It's getting them understanding that, like like Joseph again, lifting weights is not going to make you massive. It's not going to make you bulky. It's just going to give you a better composition, better, better look to your physique. And when you take it to the level where you're happy with... Yep. The the muscle. You just tone down the weights and just hold it there then. Do you know what I mean? That'll be a bit more of a maintenance phase. So there is always gonna be that factor with, with more females that lifting weights ain't gonna make you book, it's not gonna make you like a man. Um, but once you get past that and once you generally it's just getting your clients enjoying that style of training and it and, and like just bring out that competitive side. I'll revisit certain lifts. So right, you got this 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 number of reps with this weight last time let's try this today and, and it gets that little bit of an enjoyment factor back in the
1: training you can get competitive on your own well you can. Can. Yeah, when, absolutely. when I trained with Joe you know before he fucked me off as a client um, I swore again that's only four this week um, yeah, the
0: direct debit stopped, that's it. The yeah. direct debit stopped and that was it. So did the yeah. fucking service. I the uh, service stopped a long
1: time before that. <laughs> nice blood for Joe's BT there yeah. to finish the yeah, session Joe's BT is really, really good. And then he kicks you to one time <laughs> you know, when you go into business with him. So we're not going to business with Joe. Oh, yeah. um, but what Joe did was well, put the volume load. So straight away, I started looking. And you know, you come in sometimes, It like, in particular on a Thursday, because I used to work away Tuesday, Wednesdays. If I went in on a Thursday morning, sometimes I might not have got back till eleven o'clock. You used to night. love yeah.
0: Tuesday, Wednesdays.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so did I. But then what had happened, What? I was absolutely knackered. Yeah. But I've come in. So if we'd done something, let's just say it was a leg day. But we used to have we had a bar chart, not bar chart. We had a, a spreadsheet, we put the stuff in. And I knew. Let's just say I'd lifted two ton of weight on something the week before, even if I couldn't get up to that the weight, yeah, the weight you could, you could match I it go and think I've got to match that even yeah. if it was on like lower that. weight yeah. higher reps and, and basically the reason it worked for me was every week I didn't want to go backwards yeah. so even if it meant dropping the weight and I only did 60 instead of 90 or whatever it was yeah. I got there even if it was on 5 and 6 sets because th- my competition
2: was with myself do you know yeah. what I mean and I like that because not, you're, you're never going to enter the gym feeling 100% every time and, and I've got clients now that I do this with similar sort of thing where I'll have a week where if they've had a good week and they're gone heavy, and I can see they're not quite feeling it that day. I won't tell them they're not feeling it. I'll just naturally lighten the load a yeah. little bit, I might up the rep range a little bit. I might add an extra set on or a drop set or something here and there, and they're still getting a similar stimulus, just yeah. just through a different way of training. So it's it's so showing that it's not one way fits all. There's different training methods out there, and that's that's something again you learn from coaching. But, and, and that's class. the benefit of having a
1: coach, you yeah. because. Yeah. Going back to it, if I trained on my own, I would have come in feeling knackered yeah. and shit. Done minimum. Don't bare minimum. And then an hour later gone. I wasted that hour in gym. Yeah. Because that's how I felt. And as
0: a human being then, you'd have probably eaten something that didn't yeah. didn't conform to your results. Or and got then pissed. you <laughs> and then you end up in that vicious circle. Yeah. So and it is, it's just it, it's kind of just that. And I think when you mentioned about obstacles, I think one of the Biggest obstacles with a with a new client sometimes is kind of getting that message across that you kind of have to rein them rein them in a little bit at the beginning, you know, because people come in with all these ideas that they're gonna, oh well, I'm gonna train six days a week and I'm gonna do this and I'm and I'm gonna do this and I'm I'm eating eight hundred calories a day and hmm. yeah. and they come out with these weird and wonderful ideas where it's like all or it's like everything they can possibly throw at it. And sometimes the hardest conversation to have is like, Well I will tell you what, let's just have three sessions and they're like, eh, why? And I'm like, I want you to look forward to coming. I don't want it to be a chore. I don't want I w I don't want you to start off it's coming wears off, do yeah, I don't want it, I don't want you to start off coming five, six times a week and then realise that there's that um, stack of jobs at home that you haven't done because all you've been doing is, is coming to the gym because that has a negative effect then on what I was saying before, you know, like all the health markers, you know, your mental health, your your relationship health, all those things can have an impact. Whereas if you actually sit down and you map it out properly and you say, well, do you know what? I can budget for three sessions a week, you know, and then I'd always say if somebody comes to me and says, I can budget for three sessions a week. All right. I'll say, right, well, guarantee two. put two in your calendar every single week. And then that third one's a bonus, because what you never want to do is you never want to fall below that. You don't want to say, right, well, I'm going to guarantee three. Because what happens then is you're like, oh, I only hit two sessions this week. And then it's, oh, I only hit one session this week. Oh, and I only did two last week. So what's the point? Then you have a week off. Yeah. Then you have two weeks off. You, and you, then you know it's going to be hard to then, back. And then you go in. You go into the gym. And all it takes is for one of one of us or somebody that works at the gym to be like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Straight away, then they're like, oh, they know I haven't been in. Yeah. And, then week, and then you miss another week. And then you miss another week. And then you miss another week. And then you're emailing in to cancel your membership because... I didn't get my results when I trained there Yeah, and that can all stem from being too motivated that's that. and G- that's the thing I've got a dash soon lads because I've, uh, I've got a client that's probably warmed up already well
1: I reckon we should uh, follow up with this because I-, I want to talk about Boris <laughs> uh, <laughs> and consumption of protein because uh, yeah there's a couple of quite important things so we'll pack that
0: for another day right peace thank you boys cheers thank you